In Matthew chapter 28, verse number 19, uh, very familiar. We have looked at missions, and we'll wrap this up uh, tonight, uh, Lord willing. Uh, we'll have to move pretty quick, so I'll talk fast. You write fast. And, uh, but uh, we looked at the passion of missions. We looked at the perception of missions, the plan of missions, and then the practice of missions. And tonight, we want to wrap this up in looking at the procedure of missions, the procedure of missions, which I love reading our letters tonight from uh, all three of our letters you saw exactly what we're going to preach tonight, or at least heard of that. Uh, but it says in verse number 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, that is evangelism, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, discipleship. And lo, I am with you all way, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The procedure of missions, what are the steps involved? Right? We, we talked about the passion and, and what God's passion is. We uh, and how we should see men and, um, and long to reach them with the gospel. We saw in the plan of missions the, the resources that God's given to the church and uh, the, the process of uh, re churches reproducing churches. We saw the practice of missions and that you need a sending church, a sincere faith, the spending of money, and spirit leadership. And uh, now the procedure of missions. Um, what, what do we do? And there's a whole lot of ideas out there on how missions should operate. Uh, a lot of men have a lot of different ideas, but only God's word and God's way is right. And um, anything that deviates outside of this book is not a guaranteed path of success, but God's way works. Uh, every church, to some degree, will have its own story and how the church got there. And I look at that just as salvation. Um, everybody will have a different testimony of how they heard the gospel, where they were, how the Lord worked in their heart. And everyone's story will have these differences on how, but when it comes to salvation, they're the same components. A learning of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, sin, the re repercussions of sin, and that the fact of faith, repentance, and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, um, and so we all have a different story. And I, that's why I believe when you study the Word of God, right, you're not going to find the words of anyone when they bowed their head and accepted Christ as their Savior. Because if we did read that, we'd all just want to do that. And, uh, but everyone has their story, but they all have the same way of salvation. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. And every church will have its own story, but at the same time, there are biblical, essential things that must take place for a completed work of missions. Uh, so when a missionary comes to an area, what is the plan? What do they do? Again, there may be different means and different avenues of things, but everything must be scriptural. Uh, if it violates the New Testament, it's out of bounds. Um, and so, but at the same time, and stay with me so you don't get ahead of me on this, there is some adaptable concepts because cultures are going to be different. Situations are going to be different. People are going to be different. Um, you know, I, I think of a friend of mine I went to college with, Brother Bill Hardecker. He's out of a church in uh, Pennsylvania. Pastor Starr is his pastor. And uh, there uh, uh, I saw Brother Hardecker having services this past Sunday. He has services. Uh, usually I can watch that while I am getting ready on Sunday morning. And uh, he is uh, over there in the Philippines. He's had services, and I watch. And uh, he got up. 
and this uh, white shirt with these little flowers on it, little, uh, you know, just a, uh, you know, just a, it looked like a thick t-shirt, and, uh, but that's what they wear, and he led the service. Now, he preaches at his home church in Pennsylvania. I can guarantee he's not wearing that outfit, all right? Uh, but there's some cultural differences, all right? And, and that's okay, all right? But these biblical things are essential, and Brother Hardacker does these things, and praise the Lord, all right? Uh, but, uh, but what are they, all right? So real quick, what is the procedure, all right? Give you a couple things. First of all, there is an orderly arrangement, an orderly arrangement. What is that orderly arrangement? Well, I'm going to give these to you as quick as I can, all right? And by the way, if anyone says, well, God led me to do things differently, God didn't lead them to do things differently. Well, I'm about to give you, all right, because they're from the Word of God, this is what missions is, all right? And uh, so Brother Harris covered this on Sunday morning, some of this, all right? I love the fact that as a Christian, if I can help water become drinkable for someone, ah, that's great. I'm glad to do it. If I can donate clothes, that's great. Let's do it. Uh, but that's not mission work, all right? Uh, that's maybe being a good person uh, and even a Christian, but that's not the work of missions, all right? The work of missions as directed in the Bible, there is an orderly arrangement. There is a proper way of doing things, all right? Turn over to Matthew chapter number 13, pretty close there. Matthew chapter number 13 and in verse number three. Matthew chapter number 13 and in verse number three. The Lord gives a parable here, but we see this, all right, in the work of missions. Matthew 13, verse three, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. Uh, and when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear." First of all, in the ordered arrangement, number one, when a missionary goes to the work, and then we need to understand this because we send out missionaries. Amen? All right, so we need to understand this as a church. You say, well, I'm not a missionary. Well, technically you are. Yeah. All right, but secondly, as supporting missionaries, all right, we, we need to understand this. This is what is to be expected. This is what mission work is, all right? Uh, but number one, there should be a sowing. All right. When a missionary goes to a new area, they, there needs to be sowing. Say, so what does that consist of? Well, obviously, first of all, the gospel must be preached. Uh, Romans 1 and verse number 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. And 1 Corinthians in chapter number 1 and in verse number 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, let me read this real quick. Verse number 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. There must The gospel must be preached. When a missionary goes to wherever it is that God has led him to go to, uh, they are there to preach the gospel, all right? That is first and foremost, the preaching of the gospel, not to, 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 to feed the poor, uh, not to, as I said, have an, an orphanage and, and not to, uh, you know, whatever, clean water or, or build buildings. And uh, that is not missions work. Missions is the preaching of the gospel, all right? And there's a sowing. The gospel must be preached. And then listen, the ground must be prepared. The ground must be prepared. So when a missionary goes to an area, all right, the ground has to be prepared. And what I mean by this is, first of all, we would find a general seeding, S-E-E-D-I-N-G, a general seeding. So what do you mean? Getting, just getting the word out, all right? See, so in Matthew, again, chapter 13, the sower went forth, and what did he do? 
What did he go there for in verse number three? The sower went forth to what? To sow. All right? He just cast the seed out everywhere. All right? He gets to a place, he puts the seed out. And you'll find first a general seeding. Uh, what are we doing? We're testing the soil. And according to this passage of Scripture, which is, again, God used a parable, but he's teaching a truth here, there will be sometimes, in some places, in some areas, there will be a total rejection. In some places, there will be some interest. A lot of stony ground, but there may be some interest. And in others, there will be an open reception. When a missionary goes to an area, first and foremost, he needs to just start getting the seed out. Uh, just getting the word out, knocking on doors, putting things out in doors, getting the word of God out there, and a, and a general seeding, and seeing and testing and finding people that God would have them to be working with. All right? Some people are not going to have nothing to do with it. Others are going to be somewhat interested. Some are going to say, please come back. We've seen all three of those uh, almost in testimonies tonight, like with Brother Elam, all right? Uh, you know, uh, we, we've heard, of course, of Amy that got saved, and, and James here, love that, all right? And people are being receptive, and praise the Lord, and some are learning. Some, like Charles, we'll see, maybe some interest. I'm going to go out on land. We don't give usually prayer requests on as much of these, but I guarantee there's been some that said, no thanks. And what's happening? There's a general seeding, sowing of the seed. All right? Matter of fact, if you want to keep your finger there, look over in Acts chapter 17. When Paul went, and you see these very same things happen, all right? You see the missionary Paul in Acts chapter number 17 and in verse number 32. Look at that real quick. Acts 17 and verse number 32 <clears throat> says this, Acts 17, 32. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, Paul's been preaching, he's preaching the gospel. He's telling them about the Lord. All right. When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some what? Mocked. Total rejection. They didn't want it. Others said, we will hear thee again of this matter. There's some interest. Others, in verse number 34, howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed. Some received it. Brother Harris went down to Mexico. When he first got to Magdalena, I'm sure there were different ways he went out, there were different things he did. But the fact is this, there was a general seating. He went around, got the word out, knocked on doors, talked to people, stood at the plaza, met everyone he could, his neighbors. He began to just cast a seat out. And there were those in Magdalena that totally rejected what he had and still do. Some who showed some interest, they went back to and tried to work with. Those, some, that opened reception, they received it. The fact is this, when, you know, not everyone's going to respond in faith. I, I, I wish they would, but not everyone's going to. And when a missionary goes out, all right, you say, well, that missionary's been there for six months, and, you know, they've only seen one soul saved. Amen. God gives the increase. His job's to sow the seed, all right? There's a general seeding. And then, all right, as we're doing this process, all right, the ground must be prepared. There's, you'll find a general seeding, and then, you, then you'll find some good soil. You'll find those who are interested, those who want to learn, those who want to grow, those who want to learn of these things. Um, all kinds of verses. Uh, let's look at a few. If you're in Matthew, turn back to Matthew chapter number 9. Matthew chapter 9 and in verse number 10. 
Matthew 9.10. If you want to kind of put your finger in Acts, we'll go there real quick. But in Matthew chapter number 9 and in verse number 10, it says, It came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house. Behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. What's going on? What, what's the Lord doing? He, he's meeting with people. He's finding those who want to hear, and he would find those who would receive. He would sit in the house of those like Zacchaeus and Mary and Martha and Lazarus and, and those who would want to learn. Over in Acts chapter number 16. Uh, Acts chapter number 16 and in verse number 13. Acts chapter 16 and in verse number 13. Uh, the Bible says this. It says, And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. So what's he doing? They go in and meet with people that wanted to learn more. People that wanted to hear. People that uh, were starting to listen and grow. Turn over to Matthew cha I'm sorry, Acts chapter number 19 and in verse number 8. Acts 19 verse number 8. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. What are we doing? We're looking for good soil. We're getting out the message. We're listening for, looking for those who will receive it. In Acts chapter number 20, and in verse number 20, a couple pages over, Acts 20 and verse number 20, Paul said this, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but I've showed you and I've taught you publicly, that's out in the midst of everyone, and from house to house, sitting in their houses, talking to them in houses. You see, there's a general seating when it's just getting the word out where you're going to find some that reject, some that, are so, some that may be some interest, and those who will openly receive it. And when you find that good soil, you're to go in to meet with them and begin to, to study, to introduce the word of God, uh, who God is, uh, the, the principles of the word of God, salvation. And you're going to begin to teach these things to those who are interested. Uh, and you sit there and say, preacher, we know all this. Well, this is what missions work is. I want you to know this, right? This is what Brother Elam's doing. This is what Brother Sean's going to do in Canada. This is what we, again, not, not just what they're doing, this is what we should expect them to do, right? This is what Brother Harris needs to be doing in Mexico, right? This is what Brother Hodnett needs to be doing in Scotland. This is what, and if we get report back, you know, that, you know, our, one of, God forbid, but one of our men is not doing these things, well, then we as a church as their accountability and as their authority has a responsibility to make sure they are. Right, and, church, that's our job. Not just to make sure they're doing it. That's our responsibility here, right? In our Jerusalem, right? But they're finding, so they, you'll find general seating, then they find good soil, and then they're also the whole time to be looking, and I added a third thing, to find godless souls. They're seeking people who are lost, seeking people. Uh, you know, the turn there in Luke chapter 15 with the, the 100 sheep. There's 99. But what, do you, what does the shepherd do for the one that had wandered away that was lost? He goes and finds them. And the whole time this process is going on, our missionaries and us have the responsibility to be constantly looking for the lost. Don't take me wrong on what I'm about to say. Don't go in a weird direction with this, all right? Hear me out, all right? But you'll not find in the Bible, in the book of Acts, and all these missionaries going out where they just went out and invited people to church. All right? They just didn't, 
All right? They didn't call sinners to come to sit in church. They called sinners to the light. They called sinners to the truth. Now, can people come to church and get saved? Absolutely. Matter of fact, you heard a great message on it the last night of our missions conference. How, remember when it said, if an unbeliever is sitting amongst us and they see people's chaos going on, they're going to think we're all crazy. But if an unbeliever hears the truth being preached and people loving truth and standing for the truth, they will testify that the truth is in this place. All right? And so can a non-believer get saved at church? Absolutely. All right? And, and praise the Lord that they can. But we're not here to build numbers. We're here to reach people. And... A, a missionary and us as the church all right we we should have a desire and be focused upon reaching people that are lost what happens a lot and i just want to be really blunt with what happens a lot unfortunately in modern day missions is that someone's sent to an area or sent to a country or sent to a town or whatever the case is and um, they think that they need to go first and foremost get a building that's not the order that's, but young people getting out of college, it's like they're eh, got to have a building. And in their building, they want a place to meet and in an office. <laughs> I'm just, that's the truth, right? That's what they want a lot of times, right? And, uh, and, and, and they want a building, and then they, they sit in their building hoping people come. That's not missions, right? Um, there's a reason it's called a sower. Sowers, sowers don't live in the barn. Right? You're not going to get much fruit there. Sowers go where? To the field. All right? And so a missionary, there should be a general seeding. They find some good soil. They start working with that good soil. But the whole time, they're continually seeking people who are lost and going out. And proper missions work is going to start with this seeding, getting the word out, meeting with people that are interested starting Bible studies, sitting down and talking to them, building relationships with them, and pointing them to the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is a sowing, and then what should be expected secondly, all right, this orderly arrangement, after the sowing, there should be salvation. There should be people getting saved. Now again, that's God's increase. We'll, we'll trust God with that. Uh, if I wasn't alliterating, I would say a sowing and then obviously a reaping, right? But there should be salvation, Salvation is not in a person, you and I. I don't save people, you don't save people, all right? It is the Lord Jesus Christ that does the work of salvation. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 18, for as much as you know that we were not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. In verse number 24, for all flashes is grass and the glory of man is the flower of grass the grass withered the flower thereof falleth away but the word of the lord endureth forever and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you there is there salvation as people are the the good soils found and they begin to teach we read about it you, you read about it in hammett's letter just people in contacts and they begin to teach them and people are getting saved you heard about it with mrs Sino rain 
right? And uh, they continually and they taught, and the Lord had to open eyes and see these things, all right? You, you see this, uh, and, and, and as the Lord begins to use missionaries and use us, I, I, that should be it, all right? That we, we are preaching the word of God, we teach the word of God, we meet men where they are, and we try to do our best to see people. And once people get saved, then this part of the salvation, this reaping part, is them getting saved. And then we're not done. Then we teach them to observe all things. We begin to teach them and disciple them in assurance of their salvation uh, in baptism and what baptism is and, and, and seeking to see them get baptized with an understanding, teaching them about the Word of God, teaching them about church. That takes time. So well, they, they've been on the field for a year. You know, what, what's going on? They don't have, you know, a, a, a big congregation yet. It takes time. Now, timing's all God's, all right? But it's going to take some time. And, you know, you know, you, you go, I went down, I remember when I went down for the one-year anniversary for Bayview. And uh, on Easter, me and Brother Fountain went down there that year. And we went down there. And as soon as we were going to church on that, that Thursday night, uh, Thursday or Wednesday, uh, I believe it's Thursday, uh, but uh, but we were going into that little moose lodge closet, and uh, we were going in there, and Brother Alexander said, "Now, preacher, he said, just so you know, most of these people aren't going to be you know, like like dressed how they do it because they had to." I was like, "Awesome." I was like, "Of course not, right?" I mean, just people are just getting saved, you know. I, you know, and uh, you know, these things are going to take some time. You know, and, uh, and Brother Alexander shared in his letter tonight, you know, people are getting saved, people are getting baptized, they're growing, all right? And uh, they, you know, they haven't got to tithing, some of them. My brother, he's mentioned it, but, you know, they, a lot of them haven't got that yet. They will. Yeah. Takes time, all right? That's part of the process. Uh, today, uh, I hope they don't get upset in saying this, but uh, Coy and Grace, they went to the doctor today, took pictures of the baby coming, right? And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's adorable little baby. I mean, it's adorable. <laughs> Just awesomely cute, all right? And, uh, but in reality, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard to make out a whole lot, all right? There's a nose. You know, you're like, yes, and that nose is adorable, right? And, uh, you, know, we, you know, you pick out what you can, right? And, uh, you know, what's going on? It's growing. Yeah. She's maturing. She's being, you know, she's, her, her body is, is growing from a cell to, to now a distinguishable small human being, right? And it will continue to grow as the Lord allows. And, and you say, what's going on? It's maturing. That's what, it, that's what missions is. It takes time. And we teach to observe all things. And uh, keep this in mind as your missionaries out in the field and are working. Some fell into good ground and brought forth fruit. Some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Now look at me. The hundred, the sixty, and the thirty all was on good soil. One soil wasn't better than the other soil. But some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. That's what fell on good soil. You say, well, so and so's church is not doing as big as that other church. Don't care. It's not a comparison. As long as they're following what God has told them to do. All right? Some will be 100, some 60, some 30. As long as they're doing what the Word of God says, none's a failure. As long as they're following what the Word of God says. 
And so there's a reaping. There, there will be salvations. There will be sowing. The, then we can see salvations. And then that third orderly arrangement would then be the establishing of the church. Uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 that, you know, that uh, he, he's laid the foundation and no other foundation can be laid than that which is Jesus Christ. And another man will build on that foundation. The ultimate goal of missions is a church being established. That should be the desire of the missionary and to see that work. Now, what do we know about, you know, the establishing here, right? This is the orderly arrangement. Everybody with me still? There's the sowing, all right, which the gospel has to be preached and the ground has to be prepared. When you find general seeding, find good soil, and continually look for the godless souls. And then there's salvations, all right, where the Lord will begin to save people. They'll begin to grow and be discipled. And then with the goal of establishing a church. What is the foundation? Well, Paul said it, and I just gave it to you. The foundation in establishing the church, no other foundation can be laid except the Lord Jesus Christ. The foundation of this church and every other church in the work of missions, the foundation is salvation through Jesus Christ, a scriptural baptism, and then sanctification. And by sanctification, I don't mean standards. I mean teaching people they're gods. They belong to God. And they're God's children. And what that means to be God's child. All right? uh, but foundation. What is the formula? All right? How does the establishing of the church happen? The foundation is Jesus. All right? What's the formula? They should be... I, I kind of I broke it down to two things. Any missionary that goes out, they're number one, they're going to invest in members. All right, people, now we're, we're past the part, people getting saved, all right? We're going to invest in members. In other words, you're instructing them in what is faith and order, what's right, teaching them about the church. But a missionary will be investing in members and also investing in men. And by that I mean this, future leadership. People to lead, and not just pastoring, that's one, but people to lead in ministries and soul winning and Sunday school and teaching and but people to lead. So the foundation is Jesus Christ, the foremost to invest in members and invest in men and leadership. And then the finalization would be a self-governing, self-supporting, autonomous church. Now, let's talk about that. All right? You see the orderly arrangement. Now, what will happen when that process is followed, what should be then is an organized assembly. All right? An organized. Now we're at the church stage. Everybody follow our steps? All right? Now, again, you see, I'm, it's important we notice as a church, sending people out, supporting missionaries, and this is our responsibility too, right? Uh, so an organized assembly. The church then be autonomous, all right? It's on its own, all right? How can we know when a church is ready for that, all right? Uh, I'm sure people can have all kinds of different things, uh, but here's good four marks when a church is uh, ready to be established because we've established several churches. We read them on our prayer sheet, and hopefully uh, you prayed over them, all right? Uh, you know, you know. How do we know we're ready? How do we know what was going on? All right. Well, when you see a church with these four marks, is what you know I've written down. Lord's led. Number one. All right. They should be a self-expressing church. Self-expressing church. See so what do you mean by that? I'm, I'm kind of concerning their culture. Stick with me on this. All right. They should have, again, everything within the bounds of the Word of God. But they should have their own identity. Again, within the bounds of the Word of God, 
2 Corinthians, if you want to jot a verse next to there, and I'll read it to you. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, and in verse number 5, it says, Paul said this, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. So what do you mean by that, a self-expressing church? I mean this, right? That uh, the people, when we send people to other countries... We're not there to make him American. It's not what missions is. All right? And Brother Harris is not in Mexico to make those Mexicans Americans. Their church service may be a little bit different order of service. Nothing wrong with that. You know, their building may not look like our building. Nothing wrong with that. Their activities may not be exactly like our activities. I mean, every time I've been down there, they've busted a piñata, right? I've never seen you all do that here. Right? You, know, it, you know, but it, it, a culture will be there. They'll be their own people. And what I mean by that is this, all right? Like I said with Brother Hardecker and the way he was dressing at church, all right? They'll be a self-expressing church. They'll be their own church. These churches that, were, that are being planted out of our church and other churches... They need to be biblical. They should have the same doctrine that we have. If a missionary says, I'm not out of our church, says, I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm going to change some of the doctrines that's being taught, then they're no longer a missionary out of our church. All right? They're to reproduce a New Testament Baptist church according to the faith and doctrine, all right, that is preached at the church, all right? But when I say self-expressing, all right, I mean this, they don't, they don't need to be American, and every area is going to be a little bit different. Every area is going to have its own style and its own, you know, ways. And again, I, I, I mentioned dress. They may dress a little bit different, but it all still, this book trumps culture. All right? If it's nakedness in this book, that's here and that's in the middle of Africa. Nakedness is nakedness, all right? Modesty is modesty. It just it's this, all right? Those things don't change. But... You know, suit and tie Sunday morning may not, you know, dressing up for Brother Hardecker may be a different look. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. All right? Brother, Brother Alexander, he loves down there in Florida because no one wears suit jackets hardly. He loves it. All right? You know, and, uh, uh, you know, and, um, you know, maybe a little bit, and that, that's fine as long as we're in the book. All right? But self expressing, then self governing. Uh, self expressing, culture. Self governing, constitution. All right? They make their own decisions. The headship is Christ. All right? But they make their own decisions. Mojave Baptist down over there in uh, uh, Bullhead City. I have zero say and neither do you in the decisions of that church. They're their own. Exactly, right? They're their own. All right? They are self-governing. All right? And, and this is important to keep in mind. It's not too difficult with Mojave, but sometimes we, uh, I'm just telling you what's typical in a lot of churches in America, right? Sometimes we're just like, well, that poor third world country, they can't do it without us. Yes, they can. Yeah. The Lord will be the head of that church too. And they need to be self-governing, all right? Hands off when that church is established. And when they're ready to do that, they're self-expressing, they're self-governing, and then self-supporting. They can handle the cost. They can pay their own way. Uh, it's not wrong. 
as people took an offering to help the church of Jerusalem, right? In the word of God. It's not wrong to be a blessing if we need to be a blessing, right? I don't have a problem with that. But generally speaking, a church is ready when they can pay their own way. They can take care of their bills, their facilities, uh, a pastor as much as they can, all right? But they understand the cost, all right? Self-expressing culture, self-governing constitution, self-supporting the cost, and then self-propagating, that's the commission. When its members are now able to be soul winners themselves, when they now are able to disciple, when they're able to train. Basically, what I'm trying to say is this, ready? A missionary should work himself out of a job, all right? He should work himself to where it is, I, in very rare occasions, should a missionary go to a foreign field and then want to stay there as the pastor of that church? That shouldn't be the end-time goal. It should be to see a church and them on their own, all right, and then go forward. That the church gets to a place where they have their own pastor and the success of the missionary is not really seen while they're on the field. It's after they leave. And they should leave and be able to leave behind them a church that is able to fulfill the Great Commission themselves yeah. and begin that process themselves. All right? So there be a organized assembly, an orderly arrangement, an organized assembly, and then thirdly, we're at the point now, an orchestrated accomplishment. All right? What do you mean by that? I mean this, that they're on their own, the church is established. Look at Acts chapter number 15 real quick. Acts chapter 15. Acts 15 and verse number 36. And some days after, Paul said to Barnabas, Acts 15, 36, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. Now I'm going to tell you the heart of a missionary. And I, and, I, and I get, you know, you say, you've not been on the mission field as a missionary. And I understand that. But a pastor is to do the work of an evangelist too. And I believe a, a pastor in a church, when a pastor and a church is trying to fulfill the Great Commission, you'll understand the heart of a missionary here. Because I had this heart. Paul maintained a connection with the churches that were established. He didn't make any decisions for them. He didn't govern them. But he loved them. And he prayed for them. And he encouraged them. And he helped to encourage their pastors. He helped to warn about errors. He never interfered. But there was a connection to them. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 1, look at this real quick, and this is what I was referring to earlier. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse number 24, it says this, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 24, not for that we have dominion over your faith. Here's the heart of the missionary after the church is established. We have no dominion over your faith. There's no, but are helpers of your joy. For by faith you stand. A missionary will always have a heart 
for the work and church the church should always have a heart for the works that they were able to help see established should always pray for those that's why they're on our prayer sheet you say but not all of our daughter churches are exactly where we'd want them I agree but I love them and I'm praying for them I'm praying for them not of us in this room all of our kids are where we'd want them to be but we love them and we're praying for them don't lose your heart and a missionary will always have a heart for the people that the Lord led him to deal with. Paul in 1 Corinthians 5 pointed out a problem. And he even gave him counsel how to deal with it. But he didn't deal with it. And there was an apostolic authority there and everything. But he didn't come in and handle it. That was the church's job. And we should pray continually for our churches. We should constantly be calling them out before the Lord. Because Anabaptist Temple should pray for Mojave Baptist. Pray for Brother Randall. Pray for Anchor Baptist. Pray for Brother Armacost. Pray for Hope. Brother Salee. Pray for Blue Mesa, Brother Roberts. Pray for them. Keep them in prayer. In these churches that are being established, at Solway, at Soulhaven, and in Magdalena, and Lord's timing in Canada, pray for them. In the verse, if you're still in Second Corinthians chapter one and verse number eleven, ye also helping together by prayer for us. We're helping by lifting up in prayer. You see, a lot of missionaries, they get frustrated and they quit. They go out with good intentions, but if you don't follow the biblical pattern, it will get frustrating. Because you don't have the blessings of God. Everybody strives for masteries, but you've got to strive lawfully. And we have to follow the word of God. And may we understand, may our missionaries understand the passion, the perception, the plan, the practice, and the procedure of missions. And as a sending church, it's vital that we understand what they're doing and what they're supposed to be doing and what we're supposed to be doing. And may this process continue as long as the Lord gives us time. Let's be found faithful.